Hey ladies, and welcome to the Water with Lemon podcast. This is Emma Cook, your host, and I am so glad you are here listening today. This is a podcast by a 20-something for 20-somethings in hopes that we can be encouraged, inspired, and challenged in this crazy time of life. So grab something refreshing and let's get going. Ladies, we are back at it again with a new season of the Water with Lemon podcast. And even with COVID lingering around, we have some awesome guests to refresh your spirits through the rest of this year. I am so stinking excited about the guests that I have coming up and just the conversations that I am going to share with you. So today I'm joined by Crystal Evans-Hurst. She's the author of The 28-Day Prayer Journey and just has been involved in so many different things. You may know her family, the Evans family, and I was just so honored to get to talk with Crystal. And I don't know about you, but talking with Crystal makes me want to request the extended 2020 version of her book. And so I just pray that you find her words helpful today in reorienting your life toward the Lord. So let's get going. Well, welcome to the podcast, Crystal. I have seriously been so looking forward to chatting with you. So I'm I'm just really excited to have you on. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yes, of course. So why don't you start us off? Tell us a little bit about you and what life is like for you right now. Well, I've got three boys who are still at home and I have um, two girls who are not at home, but I'm checking on them to be safe. But I'm just (laughs) trying to um, do what we normally do in a crazily different season. So in my heart, I'm 27. I said that for years. I'm not. (laughs) But when my daughter turned 28, I thought I can't say that anymore like that. It'd be totally Mm. weird. But I really am young at heart. And I think that I um, value practicality above principles, mm. <laughs> um, just in terms of how I like to communicate. Obviously, I'm a principled person, but in communicating, I like to make sure that things are clear. And so what's been really crazy is that in a season where I had a lot of clarity, how we work, how we play, how we engage with each other, that um, things are all of a sudden not clear. And whether we're talking about Um, what it looks like to do the things I've always done, homeschooling my kids, speaking and writing, uh, managing a team, or whether we're talking about when we go to the store and how often, or we're talking about hard conversations that I'm having of my friends of darker and lighter hue. Everything right now, even in a practical way, is super unclear. And so working through those details of life have been um, interesting um, and challenging. And so Mm -hmm. I think that life is going good but it's just a lot of work to do life the regular way. (laughs) Yes. When is it ever easy in general, right? uh, (laughs) You know, I was... I was thinking about how, you know, you said you're 27 at heart, which I often say on the show, I'm like, okay, it's for 20-somethings, but... If you're 20 something at heart, then that includes you too. So, listen, I'm here for it. Totally included. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about your 20s. Like I said, my audience is mostly 20 something. So, Mm -hmm. tell us about your 20s like what was good, what was hard, all the things. Well, my 20s, I always say that from 15 to 25, I hope nobody takes offense to this, but I always tell my children those are the stupid years. 
not because you're stupid, <laughs> but because it's the time when you are the most confident that you actually know the most. And because you have that confidence, but don't necessarily have the experience, it can be the time where you make the biggest mistakes. Um, it's a time when a lot of people, not all, but a lot of people, and I was one of those, didn't really want to hear everything that people who loved me were trying to tell me. And I thought I knew better. Mm. And so there was a large portion of my twenties where I made a lot of mistakes, um, financial mistakes, um, relational mistakes. And it's a period of time where you're finding out who you really are. And that continues, I think, well into your forties, really. Um, I think it's, it's a good thing to look at the twenties as an information gathering stage. And I was doing that, but I was gathering information in places where I really didn't need to. I just needed to take it, the information that people who were wiser than me, who were in my life were giving to me. Mm-hmm. And so in my twenties, I worked hard. I was in corporate America, I ended up working at institutional money management, but I also ended up being a single parent. Mm. and doing that until I was almost 30, living that kind of life. Then I switched gears, started having babies, uh, making peanut butter and jelly (laughs) sandwiches, and then totally getting away from my corporate career. So I had this period of time where I got out of college and was really interested in building my career. And I was very successful in what I was doing. And so um, it gave me that confidence to say, okay, let me make these decisions that were falling outside of some of them, the boundary lines that God had given. But because of that situation in my life, it also provided great ground for me to know God in a way I never had before. Because once you realize that you don't know everything, it's kind of like the prodigal son. <laughs> it's it's kind of like, um, you know, Moses on the backside of the desert seeing the burning bush. It's It's kind of like, you know, Jacob wrestling with uh, God and uh, you know and and walking forever with a with a with a limp because of the the issue of the angel touching his hip. Once you go through the wrestle, it humbles you, but it also teaches you what you don't know and puts you in a good place of dependence on mm. God for what He does know. And so I always say that while there were things, if I could go back and do them over with the information that I had, not that I have now, but that I had then, if I could go back and do it over. I would, but I'm not so sure 100% I would. (laughs) Because while I definitely would have loved to do something differently, I think that the way that I did them set me up for the confidence I have in the relationship that I have with God now. Mm, Yes, I think a lot of people say that. It's like, uh, I don't, I wouldn't change anything, but like, I wouldn't want to do it again, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, oh, that was great. But, you know, let's Mm -hmm, not, mm -hmm. let's not go there again. Like you are who you are today because of those seasons, you know, and how God, you know, used that and grew you in those. So I was wondering like when, uh, when you kind of made this switch towards ministry, like at what point in your life did that happen and what kind of led you to that? Well, it was unintentional ministry to me is a word that makes me really nervous um, because it just, it just, it means a lot of expectation, especially in a family like my own. So um, parents have always been in ministry and I'm grateful for that. Um, But I just, that was not ever what I thought. I always knew that I wanted to be involved in doing some things with women that would encourage them in practical ways. Practical has always been a part of who I am and what I do, but to encourage them in practical ways to live out faith in and what that looks like, whether that's career or children or community. And I always thought that I'd write a book because I just have always loved to write. And I thought Mm -hmm. I would do that when my kids were grown. So I would know which kids to use as illustrations and which ones not to. (laughs) Um, And then my dad in 2011, 2012 was writing a series of books, um, Kingdom series. He's still writing those with the Kingdom Man, Kingdom Woman. And when he did Mm -hmm. Kingdom Woman, he said, hey, 
do you want to be the woman's voice in this scenario? And I said, well, not really, because I have little kids and I'm busy and who has time to write? And he said, I'll do the heavy hitting theological stuff. You just tell some stories that support. And then he had his editor take a look at my blog and and in that, she said, oh, you've already written half of what you need to write, you know? And so, oh, wow. Yeah. So basically, um, so I did that project to help him out. Mm-hmm. And when you put your name on a book, then people think you want to speak because they figure you have a book, you have things <laughs> that you want to say. And so it was kind of an unintentional thing from there. So that's like public professional ministry, if that's even a thing. Yeah. But when you look back before that, I've always been involved at my church. I've always been leading mm-hmm. something, whether it's the choir or women's event. Um, now I'm leading in our women's ministry. And the reality is, um, I, I think that when you look at ministry as something that you do for public or professional, um, for your public or professional life, I think that we miss the fact that a lot of that is built on the foundation of stuff that you do when no one sees. Right. So when people ask me, when did I get into ministry? I would say, well, I've always been in it because my parents always made us serve. Yeah. Um, as a young adult, I was, I was encouraged to serve and I was encouraged to take ownership of different things and to create opportunities for ministry. But if you're asking me about public professional ministry, then that would be 2012. Mm, that's a good, that's a good point. Like you're asking when you went into ministry. Okay. Like always, because that's what God calls us to, you know, but as far as like some people are called more towards a more professional, you know, aspect of the term, whether it's, you know, pastoring or whatever. So, but basically what I'm hearing from you is that you're blaming your dad and your family on being pretty much, (laughs) 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 which is okay. Right. I mean, here you are and able to, you know, share the gospel with more people than you probably thought it was, but also the behind the scenes makes such a big difference as well. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about your new project. You, you talked about, you know, when you first got started, but you have a new project out, um, the 28 day prayer journey. So tell us a little bit about what led you to write that. Well, basically I was not led to write it. I was led to pray for 28 days. And then Mm. I said, well, if I'm going to do it, let me write content that might encourage other people to do it. And this is back when Instagram was chronological, when Mm. what you posted would come in the order of when when you posted it. And so um, every day I would post five times a day. And I just said, you know, early morning prayer, your mid-morning prayer, afternoon, um, for your, you know, your lunchtime prayer, afternoon and your evening prayer. And I just wanted to remind people, Hey, it's time to pray. And so, mm-hmm. um, I did those. And then when it was done, there was a lot of content. Mm-hmm. So then it became, well, do I want to put this together in another format? And it became a free ebook. And then my publisher said, Hey, you know, there's this prayer book that you've been given away, but we really think you could revise that and refresh it. And it can be something that we share with other people that would help them to walk with them. You know, they, they don't have to follow you on Instagram in order to mm-hmm. find it. And I said, sure. But it started as my desire to be more consistent in my prayer life and my desire to help others do the same. Mm, I love that. So how, how did you see kind of like your prayer life change throughout the, that journey? Well, I've always been a person who didn't mind talking to God about random things, but I was usually driven to conversation by emotional um, my emotional state, meaning mm-hmm. I'm dying right now, God, you've got to help me. Or there's something I really, really want. And so can you please give it to me? And um, so I've always felt like I could talk to God, but talking to him ongoingly, this idea of praying without ceasing, as First Thessalonians 5 tells us, that we can do it ongoingly and that it creates this, this um, 
this bed, for lack of a better word, of constant connection. And I think after 28 days, even though I felt connected to God and I knew that I could talk to him at any time, I then felt a bed of constant connection. So it just Mm -hmm. felt like he was with me and um, I was connected to him all throughout the day. It's very sweet to have that experience. It's the whole idea of walking in the spirit. And so when you realize that there's this open line of communication between you and God and you're using it, it changes the way you see your day and how you operate in it. Mm, That is so cool. I, you know, think that sometimes it's like we can make a lot of different excuses and things for why we're not praying or it's just we easily get distracted. So what, uh, what kind of like strategies and things do you use to either like remind yourself or stay? Uh, Like sometimes I just feel like I we'll start praying and then be thinking about what I'm making for lunch. So (laughs) what what kind of strategies do you use? Well, a couple of things. Um, You know, my sister Priscilla was in a movie called War Room and, um, you know, there's a prayer closet in there. Mm. And one day I want to have a prayer closet. I do. When Mm. the current house that I'm in, um, that's not the situation. And so uh, my prayer closet um, is my journal and my car. I would say Mm -hmm. if I'm going to get away, it's my journal because that's mine and mine alone Mm -hmm. and my car. And so um, I drive up at home sometimes and my family's looking like, why is she still in the car? And I look at them and I'm like, I'm fine. Leave me alone. I just need a minute. And so whether (laughs) I'm talking to a friend on a phone or on the phone or talking to God, um, that would be that. So that's one thing that can kind of, you know, maybe help somebody think, where's your place? Like, not that that's the only place, but where's mm-hmm. kind of your place? You know, when you're watching dishes or maybe um, a chair on your front porch or on your apartment balcony, or, you know, maybe it is um, the other thing um, that 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 is, that is real for me, even when I write in my journal, it's in the bedroom. So mm-hmm. my bedroom is kind of when I wake up and when I go to bed, those are my trigger moments that are my habitual times to say, I got to think about what God wants me to do as I start the day, or I need to think about what happened in my day that God wants me to notice and pay attention to before I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but in terms of reminding yourself, if you don't have normal rhythms of that, um, for a while, I set my alarm clock to go off at the times that I wanted to be reminded to pray. At one point, it was every hour, just a reminder to pray mm-hmm. without ceasing and just to think, okay, what do I want to talk to God about right now? Um, the other thing is a reminder on my phone. I literally have a prayer that I pray uh, most mornings um, where I ask God to let me be an instrument of his love, his grace, and his power that day. And for my schedule today to be made up of what's important to him for me. Basically, I know I have a schedule. I know I have a plan, but what's on your list for me? What do I need to be prepared to be interrupted by? Mm -hmm. Who do you want me to call? What person do you want me to put on my mind or will you put on my mind because I need to send them a text or let them know I'm thinking about them? Mm -hmm. Um, How am I going to need to meet the day's demands in terms of my family or in terms of work? And so just that reminder every day on my phone, if I'm going to look at my phone almost first thing when I get up anyway, might as well be reminded to pray. And then a really cool thing is if you can find, um, I mean, you guys are Gen Z. And so if you can find, um, or are you Gen Z? Depends, I guess. Doesn't it split somewhere in the 20s? And isn't there like a great debate about where it splits? I know. I think I'm like the very last year of being a millennial. So I think, so we're like half and half, I think. Well, it applies no matter what millennial or Gen Z, you know, um, yeah. this, this, this idea that there's tech is just easier. And so whether you can create your own screensaver or grab, grab some, something that will remind you. So every time you open your phone, you're met by this background or mm-hmm. the screensaver that says, Hey, it's time to pray. Maybe a scripture about prayer, a quote about prayer, but just something you can put on your phone and use. So mm-hmm. I think you have to look at where you're looking. 
And that's the question. We're busy and distracted by what we're looking at every day. We're looking at our work. We're looking at our families. We're looking at our activities or our hobbies. Well, if you put a reminder on your watch, in your phone, in a reminder, um, by your bed, in your car that, oh yeah, let me just talk to God right quick. Mm. Then it's just a reminder to, because uh, rem- he's available to talk all the time. We're the ones that have to remember to do it. Yes. Oh, that's so good. I, I think I'm very similar to you in that I either, if I'm like at my house spending time with the Lord, you know, I need to write it down. Otherwise it's like, I will mm-hmm. start thinking about what I'm going to make for lunch. Um, <laughs> so, or in my car, it's like a very obvious, like I'm on my way to something. So I could at least be like praying over where I'm going or for someone, you know, or like on my way to work in the mornings, you know, had having like a certain schedule of like, Oh, I'm going to pray for these people on this day. Or, you know, just like very obvious spaces where you, Uh, have the opportunity because I could totally Mm -hmm. turn on the radio like and just zone out and just drive, you know, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's something so much more fruitful in talking to the Lord. And so, you know, if you had to kind of encourage us in, you know, kind of why we should be praying, like, what do you want uh, us 20-somethings to understand around prayer? Oh my goodness, that the God who created everything is saying, come talk to me. Mm-hmm. And that there are some things that you need to know about your life that will only become clear and crystal clear to you, mostly evident when you are opening the gates of communication. I mean, how do you get to know somebody mm-hmm. by talking to them? And so right. while we think our relationship with God is any different, mm-hmm. the reality is we want God to answer our prayers and we are encouraged to do the obligatory things that are good things, but praising and asking for repentance and it's spiritualized and it should be. But the other part of it is he's just a friend. Mm-hmm. You know, it says that Abraham was the friend of God or that Moses walked up into Mount Sinai and was able to talk to God and then his face was glowing because he had been meeting with God face to face. I mean, if you want that kind of intimacy with the creator of the universe who said, oh, by the way, I'm interested in talking to you, then why would you not pray? And so Mm -hmm. I think in your 20s, this idea that you have this ability to get to know God and for that friendship, for that relationship to carry with you all throughout your life, Mm -hmm. invest the time while you have it. So many things change in life as you age. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that can aid you greatly is having this relationship with God where there's this open, uh, open floor and you know your relationship with God and you're confident in it before seasons change. So don't waste the opportunity to talk because he wants to talk to us and he does that through his word. He wants to hear us talk to him. But also there are some things that are only unlocked, whether it's something that we need, something that we want, or something that we haven't even asked for when we show up in the conversation. Mm. It's the same way in our everyday real life relationships. And it's the same way with God. Mm. I love that. It's like he, you know, he already knows our heart. So going into prayer, it's not like he's going to be surprised by anything, you know, and, but there's something way more special about talking with him and communing with him. We can't make an excuse of like, well, he already knows. (laughs) So I don't, I don't need to talk to him about that, you know? So what are some things that you think maybe kind of hold us back from a thriving prayer life? Well, I think we're just busy. I think we're busy. Maybe Mm. we don't really believe, we wouldn't admit it, but maybe we don't really believe that it matters. God's going to do what he's going to do. And then we 
you know, we just do the things that are important. I mean, think about college and deadlines. You, many people work ahead and they do things because they're supposed to, but most people wait until the absolute last minute to get going on something that they had knowledge of for a really mm-hmm. long time. Yeah. And we're, we are pressed to do the things that have some kind of um, end and God doesn't push. He doesn't say, if you don't talk to me three days a week, I'm not talking to you. He doesn't say, in order for you to be a prayer warrior, there's a minimum of a 10 hour commitment a week. You know, he just <laughs> says, he, you know, hey, I'm here. I'm here. And mm-hmm. um, the, the reason why we don't do it is because we really don't believe it's important. We really don't believe it matters. Um, and, and we can say that we do, but we actually we act out of our belief systems. Yeah. So, or we believe all those things, but we believe that the things we're doing actually are more important because that's where we put our time. Hmm. Yep. Busy is definitely the main word. I mean, I can just, you know, looking at my own life and in talking with people in my community. Yeah. That's what keeps us from doing a lot of things. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, right now, uh, in the times that we are in, it's like, "Mm, I don't know that we can really make that excuse anymore. I mean, depending on what your life has looked like because of COVID, like, you know, there's really, everyone's slowed, had to slow down in some way. And so it's a really good opportunity, I think, for us to, mm-hmm. to be practicing our spiritual discipline. So what does that look like for you in this season? Well, being still, I mean, you know, the, the tendency is when there is a gap to fill it. The tendency is mm-hmm. when things slow down to fill your time back up so that you're maintaining equilibrium at your own speed. Mm-hmm. So it has been to say, man, God is here. Um, I could get up and and I did declutter and I have done some projects around the house, but to say, but I actually have more time. So why am I not getting more time to my conversation with God or including him as I'm cleaning out my closet in conversation? So mm-hmm. I think that, that for me, it has simply been um, resisting the urge to fill the time with other things to do, to check mm-hmm. the boxes off, but to instead choose to fill the time with my way to be. And one of the ways I can be, be still and to be at rest is to be in conversation with God. Mm, and that can be so hard to do depending on, you know, your personality or your tendency to want to, um, perform or, um, make sure your day is filled with productive things. You know, that's mm-hmm. something that we're, mm-hmm. we're all having to work on those kind of areas mm-hmm. for sure. So yes, mm-hmm. just being still is hard, but it's so good for us. So, yes, it is. well, let's jump into, these are questions that I ask every guest that comes on the show. And usually this first one is really hard for people. So just warning you, but <laughs> what is one thing that you wish you knew as a 20 something? Hmm. <laughs> told you <laughs> well the thing is is all the things that ran through my head are things I didn't know I just didn't apply mm. um I think the biggest thing that I think I wish I knew is that who I am is who I am not that I can't grow mm. change or get better but instead of working so hard to look at the things that are uh, that were about me that I wanted to grow and develop I wish I would have appreciated more and understood more how who I already knew myself to be was golden. Mm. That is definitely something that's hard to do, especially in this time of life. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll, mm-hmm. we'll try. <laughs> uh, what are you like reading, listening to, watching, any of those things? 
Well, right now I'm writing a book on shame and forgiveness and letting yourself off the hook, letting go, the gift of self-forgiveness. And so I'm reading a lot of books about that topic, uh, or I shouldn't say reading, more scanning, looking for um, facts and figures, things that I need. Um, So I would just say that I I just am diving deep into forgiveness and how forgiveness of others and of yourself has the propensity not only to set you free, but in that freedom to enlarge your territory and how you're able to live to your fullest. Mm, that's good. That's a very hard topic for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. for everyone. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. but those are good. And then lastly, what's refreshing you these days? Like anything that's just giving you life. Mm. What is giving me life right now is my picnic table on my front lawn. So (laughs) a year ago, I said that I wanted to put a picnic table outside so I could get to know my neighbors better. And then I didn't do it. So this year we went to go pick up the picnic table. They they didn't have any that were put together. But I have a 17 and a 15 year old and 11 year old son. I was like, they could figure it out. So we bought the picnic table and it's on my front lawn. And I've had people come over and just sit there and chat. And I love it. Oh, that is so fun. <laughs> I love that. I, it's like, okay, everybody come to the, the community picnic table. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is so cool. Well, thank you so much, Crystal, for coming on today and just uh, speaking life into my listeners and giving us kind of just some tips on what it could look like to talk to God um, and to be able to have a conversation with him um, on a more regular basis. So thank you mm-hmm. so much for your encouragement. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks, Crystal. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation with Crystal today. Her faithful reminder to walk in the spirit and be constant in constant connection with our God is seriously so important. Her practical tips to designate a prayer closet, set alarms and reminders, create and create rhythms in our daily lives were so helpful to me. I love the practical. And I pray they were helpful for you too. As life totally changes right now, connection with the Lord may feel easy or could be even more challenging. Wherever you are right now, I hope you're able to just take some time to thank the Spirit for living inside you, uh, those that are believers, so you can be in constant connection with the Father through the Son. And if you're not a believer, if you're not a Christian, know that God wants to be in constant connection with you. I'd love to talk you more about that and get you in contact with a local church. I'm always here, always available, and love to hear from my listeners. So thank you for listening. And as always, stay fresh, my people.